Hey you guys, have you missed me? Because I've missed you. This is Bree, and you are listening to The Macaw Millennial. Hello, hello, all you beautiful boos and ghouls today. Uh, happy Sunday. I don't know why I'm in such an especially peppy mood because I'm actually sick today, but that's neither here nor there because it seems like I'm like always sick, right? Right. <laughs> anyway, I know we were doing part two of Bobby Mackey's today, which we are. I don't want to make you think that like we're not doing that by saying that. We are doing Bobby Mackey's. I just wanted to touch real quick um, in case any of you were curious, like this has been a really big last couple weeks when it comes to like true crime stuff. So I don't know if anybody saw, but like in... Las, I think it was Las Vegas, Nevada, like a barrel washed up on the shore of a lake because of um, lowering water levels, I think was the issue. And it ended up uh, showing a body that had been deteriorating for quite some time. And it was really creepy to see. If you get a chance, try to search it on like Facebook or Google. The images should come up because you can't see like the whole thing, but there are definite holes in the barrel where you can see like bone and decomposition. And it was super duper creepy. Um, (laughs) The other thing that had happened, I'm sure most everybody at this point, at least if you're interested again in true crime has heard about, was the um, police officer. I'm not sure um, what ranking she was. And this apparently very dangerous inmate who she helped to escape Um, at some point, because this story, I guess, is still developing as of me recording this episode. Like they still don't know where these guys are. Um, If there are any updates between now and then, I will be happy to record them and add them in. Um, But as of right now, they still don't know what they are. All they know is like this officer had completely liquidated all of her assets, sold her home. She put in a retirement notice and told people that she knew that she was going to move to the beach um, and far away from the area. I think this happened in like Alabama. Um, And then here she showed up at the prison where this man was being held and told officials like, yeah, I'm here to take him to an evaluation appointment at the courthouse or the doctors. I'm not entirely sure of the details. Um, I haven't gotten too deep into it because I don't want to know too much for when this whole thing eventually breaks wide open and we can maybe do a whole episode about it. Um, I like to be kind of like as new and excited by the facts as you guys are when I do an episode. So I try not to do too many that I already know everything about. Um, But anyway, so she told them she needed to take him somewhere, courthouse, doctor's appointment, something of the sort, and that she was transporting him. Um, I think this is kind of like a big red flag for the prison. They let him go. And apparently that is highly against protocol there that they would never have let a prisoner like this go with just one officer to detain and secure him. It's just not heard of. And I think I also read this guy was reportedly on death row, which is, you know, even scarier. Um, Right now they're saying these guys are on the run, probably very lethal and dangerous. But I just thought that is so absolutely nuts like part of me is wondering if it's a full moon but you know my job at work outside of the podcast has not been absolutely crazy which I feel like usually goes with cycles of the moon if you're a healthcare worker you get it you know what I'm talking about (laughs) um 
but yeah, it's just been really, really nuts. So anyway, I wanted to touch on that just really quickly, um, just to let you guys know, like, yeah, I do stay in the loop a little bit of the news. Most of it I really don't watch because I have enough anxiety as is, and the news just exacerbates it. Um, but if it's something that piques my interest and it pops up on like my Facebook feed or something, then yeah, I, I take a quick look. And both of those things obviously popped up this past week. So I just want to touch on them for a second. Um, anywho, let's go ahead and get right to the episode. So last week we were talking about the horrific murder and decapitation of Pearl Bryant and um, what it had to do with Bobby Mackey's. And we also touched on the history of Bobby Mackey's as well. So today we are going to talk about the haunting in regards to Bobby Mackey's, the building, and, um, you know, its residents and patrons over the years. So I watched a couple different paranormal shows to try and find, um, you know, some of the facts and the claims that are made about the hauntings at the establishment. Um, one of the shows that I particularly liked was called Portals to Hell. Um, and I was able to uncover a lot of the haunting claims that are related to Bobby Mackey's through that. So, um, before we get into that, some of you may ask why I didn't really go with the more obvious um, and popular ghost adventures or ghost hunters. And the reason is because that um, I, I felt at the time, I think I touched on this in the last episode, that they were not um, particularly consistent and truthful with the facts, which I think I admitted in the last episode as well, that that is not entirely true. I was wrong. When I went back and rewatched the episode, they did in fact say that the murders did not happen on the property. They happened near to the property. Um, but I still found that this, uh, this particular show held for a good frame of reference in addition to a lot of um, internet searches that I made in regards to it as well. So there's also some other articles that we're going to reference to in regards to this. Anyway, so we will talk about um, Ghost Adventures just a little bit because I do find it interesting. For any of you that know about the history of Bobby Mackey's, you're probably familiar with the name Carl, who was the caretaker. Um, and the reason we're going to talk about the Ghost Adventures episode a little bit and what they learned from him is because, to my knowledge, they were the last ones to get an interview with Carl before he actually passed away. Um, and that was probably because, I, for any of you that are Ghost Adventure fans, I only know this because my husband is a huge fan of Ghost Adventures. Um, that was actually the very first episode that they did um, outside of their initial, like, documentary that started the whole show. So, like I said, th it was a very long time ago. Ghost Hun Adventures, not Hunters, Go well, they've both been around for a while. But I'm referring to Ghost Adventures has been around for a long time. And... Um, this being their first episode, clearly this was a long time ago that they were able to get this interview with Carl. So anyway, let's go ahead and just start talking about Bobby Mackey's. While the site of the legendary honky-tonk bar is owned by the renowned Bobby Mackey, who is a famous country music star from the 80s, um, he also has been in business for over 40 years with four studio albums. Um, his bar is one of the most popular and notorious places a paranormal investigator could hope to investigate. 
In fact, the building is so notorious for its spirits that it actually has a huge sign as soon as you enter its doors warning you of such. And it also has now, it didn't used to years ago, but now it has its own paranormal tours and ghost guides. So let's talk a little bit about this sign. So the sign at Bobby Mackey's reads, quote, Warning to our patrons, this establishment is proprieted. Yeah, proprieted. Sorry, I had to double read the word. I think I wrote propertied. So I think it's proprieted to be haunted. Management is not, in caps, responsible and cannot be held liable for any actions of any ghosts slash spirits on the property. So... I thought it was interesting at first that they felt the need to post a sign, especially given to the fact that in any article you read, any show you watch about this, Bobby Mackey himself is not 100% certain that the building is haunted. And, you know, when he himself is questioned about it, he kind of brushes it aside. He is, you know, a very gracious owner and he does discuss it some, but he is also the first person to admit that he doesn't feel that he 100% believes these claims, Um, which is also very intriguing considering that even his wife had claimed to have a paranormal encounter. at one point early on when they bought the building. Um, So when I did a little more digging, I was actually able to find out why they had the sign put up, period. So apparently uh, a former bar regular named J.R. Costigan had reportedly been attacked in the men's bathroom. So he said that while he was washing his hands, he happened to look up into the mirror and there was a man-shaped hole in the air, complete with a cowboy hat. So he claimed that this specter came at him and started trying to uh, beat on him, kick him, punch him, and then upon him, you know, kind of coming out of this and, you know, realizing what was going on, he ran out of the bathroom and straight up to Bobby and told him that he had to get control of his club's evil spirit. Now, as we've already established, Bobby does not really believe in the hauntings. So he assumed that this friend, this J.R. Costigan, was actually making a joke. So unfortunately, Bobby started laughing. Now, Costigan was obviously apparently really ticked off at Bobby for laughing at him. So he then proceeded to sue Bobby for negligence and allowing the ghost to reportedly operate without any warning to patrons. Um, The judge did throw out the case, uh, recommending during the trial that Costigan take the matter up with a higher power, so to speak. I did actually laugh when I read that. Um, And following the advice of his lawyer was when Bobby put up the sign at the front entrance. So guests have claimed to see a range of things um, at Bobby Mackey's Tavern. I said tavern, didn't I? I meant bar. It's really a bar. They claim to see a range of things from shadow figures out of the corner of their eyes, doors that should have been locked mysteriously becoming unlocked, lights turning on by themselves, and even phantom music will play from the jukebox. Um, Let's go ahead and start with Janet Mackey. So Janet Mackey had reportedly been a full-fledged skeptic, much like her husband, um, and had never claimed to believe in ghosts before. So um, 
for those of you that aren't familiar with the layout of Bobby Mackey's, there is an apartment on the second floor of the building, and we're going to talk more about the apartment itself shortly. But Janet had reportedly went upstairs to the apartment to check on something um, early on when they were first starting to do renovations and um, cleaning out the building. So when she had reportedly went upstairs to check on something, uh, while she was up there, she encountered a disembodied voice telling her to get out and then described being grabbed by the waist and pushed down the stairwell that led up to the apartment. After this incident, she was petrified and reportedly never went back into the building all the way up until her death in 2009. So this incident probably occurred around the same time that Carl Lawson um, had come in and started working for Bobby Mackey. He was 20 years old when he started working at the bar and he had started in the spring. Um, He helped during the remodel and renovation process of the building and he had proved himself to be a very reliable worker. So um, by September, Bobby had actually offered him the position of a living caretaker. Carl had been super anxious and jumped at the opportunity because he was, you know, 20 years old. He was still living with his parents, as any of us who would have been super anxious at 20 years old and were still living at home, I'm sure he wanted to get out and start his own life. And what better way than to rent an apartment over top of a bar where you worked? Like, that sounds like the easiest thing ever when you're 20 years old. However, it wasn't long after Carl moved into the bar that he and Bobby ended up having a conversation about some of the weird things that he was starting to experience. Carl would tell Bobby uh, stories of him feeling like he was being watched, of hearing noises and phantom footsteps across the dark dance floor after everyone had left at night, and of presences he felt moving around in the basement. Bobby, as we have discussed several times now, was a skeptic now and was even more firmly so then. He told Carl he didn't want to hear any of that and he didn't want Carl sharing that with anybody else considering he just opened this new business and, you know, sharing that with anybody would definitely give the place a reputation and he didn't want to scare people away before he'd even gotten this business off the ground. So Carl reportedly agreed to keep quiet for the time being. Um, however, for a time, he did report to Bobby that he would be so afraid of the spirits and what was going on within the building at night that he would barricade his door before he went to bed and would sleep with a shotgun at his bedside for fear that the hauntings would just keep getting worse. Now, somewhere over the next 10 years, while cleaning out the... In, in the basement, there's like a maze of narrow hallways and old dressing rooms. So Carl and Bobby had decided to start cleaning that out. Um, when they did so, they found a series of holes chopped into the floorboards. Underneath those boards was the well that we, you know, have seen in all the paranormal shows now today, known as, quote, the well to hell. To Bobby, it was just a blocked up old well shaft. But to Carl, it sent his imagination into a tailspin. And, you know, he reported feeling like it was a portal leading straight to hell, how the well got its name. So there weren't just ghosts haunting Bobby Mackey's music world. He had confidently told one of his writer friends when urged for more information, but demons as well. 
Carl felt very strongly that it was not just ghosts within this building, but that there was something demonic within the walls of this establishment. So Bobby had a friend named Doug Henley who would come into the bar and hang out and watch Bobby play and, you know, all that fun stuff. Now, he proceeded to interview Carl over and over again, in addition to the rest of the staff at the bar. And his goal in mind was to piece together a book based off of the ghosts and experiences amongst the staff. Bobby was not about it. He did not want that happening. He didn't even want Carl talking to anybody about what happened. And yet somehow it turned into him telling Doug Henley about the experiences and Doug suddenly wanting in and wanting to write a book about it. And meanwhile, Bobby is still adamant he didn't want to give his business a reputation of being a ghost destination, so to speak. Um, but after fighting with his friend for a while, he, I guess, finally did come around to the idea and decided that if there was going to be a book, then he was going to help Doug so that it was the most accurate and correct information possible so that when and if these things started circulating around the public, it was all correct information. So that was how the book, The Terror at Bobby Mackey's Music World, came to be. And the book ended up gaining more notoriety than anybody would have expected. And with this notoriety, though, Carl reported possession symptoms. Um, he reported that things were getting worse within the establishment. He was beginning to hear voices whispering awful things to him. And he would claim that demons were attacking him in his dreams. Um, one of the other claims he would make was that around 6 a.m. every morning, he would hear what sounded like an army marching through the dance floor when he was the only one present in the building. Um, so we're going to go back to the history a little bit, and we're going to talk about Johanna. Um, for any of you that remember the first episode, Johanna is legend has it. I say legend has it because there is still no documentation proving her existence, but... Anyway, legend has it that back when the building was owned by the mob, she was the daughter of one of the mob owners, and she was also a dancer, and she had reportedly fell in love with a man by the name of Robert Randall Mackey. They did the deed, and <laughs> she reportedly got pregnant, and when uh, her father got wind of all of this and found out she was planning to marry Robert Randall and run away with him. He had um, the singer killed. And then Johanna, feeling brokenhearted and desolate over what happened, decided to uh, poison her father and take her own life. So back to Carl. Carl had made claims that Johanna had been a frequent spiritual visitor to him. Um, and different claims over the years have mentioned that he either found a poem or her journal when they had uncovered the well, but neither piece of evidence was ever found to exist. Carl would also claim that he would have one-sided conversations with Johanna and that he could tell she was in the room because he would smell her rose-scented perfume. And let me add in here too. Um, well, I don't know how to feel about Carl's claims as a whole. There have been other reports of visitors throughout the years who have 
gone to Bobby Mackey's and also reported smelling the rose-scented perfume within the air. Um, if they're doing a ghost hunt or even sometimes just as a regular bar patron, they'll be just sitting there having conversation or a drink or eating. And then they get overcome with this overwhelming smell of like a rosy scent, like a perfume or, you know, a musk or something of that nature. And, um, that is, you know, one of the connections supposedly to Johanna's spirit within the building. So, in 1993, Carl had reportedly gave himself over to have a uh, six-hour-long exorcism attempted on him. And a uh, little side note, you can actually watch some of it on YouTube for those who may be a little interested in something like that. It is a little creepy to watch. Um, one of the scenes that you typically see on the TV shows and stuff is a scene of Carl sitting across from the priest at what looks like a card table in his apartment. And he just suddenly snaps at the priest um after some form of provocation so it little creepy just a heads up if you're gonna go and check it out but I know that some of it is available on YouTube that you can find um so after the exorcism was performed one of the kitchen walls had reportedly caught fire now the fire department was called and they were able to extinguish the flames um but they were never able to determine the root cause of the fire. So for anybody who's not ever had to be involved with something like that, nine times out of 10, what happens is they come in and they extinguish the fire, but then they have to launch an investigation, partly for insurance purposes, to find out what caused the fire. Um, the best example I can think of is because I'm a complete friends junkie and addict is um, on the show Friends, when uh, Rachel and Phoebe's apartment caught fire, they were looking around and they determined it to be from a uh, straightener left plugged in. So they looked around Bobby Mackey's kitchen at anything and everything they could find that would have, you know, been against a regulation and caused a fire, and they came back with nothing. They, they couldn't figure out what could have possibly caused it. There was no explanation, rhyme, or reasoning. And unfortunately, um, Carl did die in 2012 due to alcoholism. Um, and some patrons say that his spirit is now one of the many to haunt the place that held him captive in life, so to speak. So, moving on, some other experiences include a patron in the bathroom who went to wash their hands when a metal garbage can had reportedly flown past him and slammed into a wall. Um, when the patron was interviewed by Ghost Adventures, they claimed that he had turned around and the apparition of a tall, dark man with a handlebar mustache was standing in the corner. Now, a former manager, um, also interviewed by Ghost Adventures, had reported that she had come in for her shift one afternoon and the jukebox had reportedly started playing on its own. Now, she didn't find that instance odd at first, and it wasn't until she realized that the jukebox was completely unplugged that it started to freak her out. And then what really terrified her was that the song that was playing was not one that was on the jukebox. And she had claimed the song to be the anniversary waltz, which if you've never heard it, go and listen to it. It's so creepy. Just having a mental image of this... Um, empty bar that this poor woman is walking into to start her shift and this jukebox suddenly turns on and of all things to play it plays that it's equivalent to the scene in the conjuring when uh you hear the annabelle music start going you know what i'm talking about a little 
I can't do it right now. But yeah, you know what I mean. If you if you know, you know. So now there is another report that claimed that in the mid 1990s, a car was shot down on Licking Road um, and that they had lost control and smashed into a telephone pole just outside the club's front door. So the occupants were reportedly killed immediately on impact. Um, And a policeman by the name of Larry Hornsby was the first at the scene. And as he stood there looking over, you know, this horrible wreck that had just happened, a woman who was dressed in an evening gown had reportedly come out of the club and offered him a tablecloth to lay over the faces of the dead. Um, Now, the next week, when the officer came by to thank her, um, he learned that not only had the club been completely locked up But it was also empty at that time of night. And when he described this woman to the people who worked there, everybody said, we don't know anybody who could possibly have worked here now or ever that looks like that. So definitely weird. Um, I always find it a little stranger and I guess slightly more credible when police force or firefighters or you know medical staff uh make claims of hauntings or having a haunted experience and things like that i i guess it's just like that innate ability we all have that we should absolutely 100 percent trust these people um to be telling the truth at all times and so i feel like that's why this one kind of gives me a little chill i have a little chill down the <laughs> center of my back reporting this one but anyway um So one of the other creepy features at Bobby Mackey's that you can see during their ghost tour is referred to as the Room of Faces. So this room is reported to be a dark room with concrete walling and a metal gate that seals off the back end of the room. On the shelves of the room, um, there are toys and dolls that have been left by psychics and mediums who have reportedly tried to make contact with the spirits. However, um... I have to say, I'm a little confused as to why they'd leave toys when any spirits that are reported on or things like that have all been adults. But, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, apparently the concrete walls have been hit with water damage over the years. um, And it's enough so that hundreds of people report seeing a variety of different faces and images of people in the walls. So this is actually a common phenomena called matrixing which occurs when you look at an abstract pattern and your brain is able to find facial structures within them and put them together to form a face. And I've actually had this happen to me before. So we're going to go back a couple episodes here to Lizzie Borden. When I did my tour of the Lizzie Borden house while on vacation, I had a portion of the tour where they take everybody down into the basement, even though it's a daytime history tour. And they have you look into this little alcove in the basement and against a back wall they tell you to just look really hard and then take a picture with your phone with the flash on so I did just that now then the tour guide told me okay now step away and show everybody what you took so I showed them the image and sure enough when I pulled up the picture that I had just taken there is a face staring back at me and it was so weird because it looks almost identical to Andrew Borden 
you know, prior to his face being bashed in. But it looked identical to Andrew Borden. And I said as much to the tour guide, and she kind of shrugged her shoulders. She's like, yeah, it's called matrixing. She's like, there's been some water damage. She's like, but we always show people this because the creepy thing is how much it looks like him. She said, we've either had reports that it looked like Lizzie as she got old or that it looks like Andrew Borden's face. And it really, really does. It was just the craziest thing. So anyway, Bobby Mackey's has an entire room with a wall that is like that, where people claim all the time to see faces within it, some of them looking like small children or that of a kind woman, and other ones looking like um, grotesque and gruesome, almost demonic type of images. Um, So, you know, it can either be a comforting kind of thing to see or really absolutely petrifying piss your pants type thing to say um all depends on the day i guess so uh some believe that the trapped souls of the building are trying to find less obvious ways to make their presence known through this wall um and that it's not just simply matrixing as a result so the club also boasts a stairway to heaven quote right beside the well that if you recall is nicknamed the portal to hell So they've reported a stairway to heaven is a set of wooden steps that lead up to the ceiling with no present door. And there's really, at least that I could find, no explanation for why this random doorway exists with no entrance exit to it. Um, So yeah, that's a little interesting. So uh, the ghost tours and paranormal research that occurs at Bobby Mackey's is headed by a team of female investigators called Gatekeeper Paranormal. And I have to tell you, I kind of geeked out a little bit when I was reading this portion, um, and I absolutely loved it. So because, you know, like badass women, am I right? So from what I read, these women... Sorry, I lost my place. From what I read, these women are not like the same investigators that you're going to see on TV. They consist of an atheist, a skeptic, and, um, you know, they kind of move down the lines of beliefs until they have a full-fledged paranormal believer. Um, But they all have one same common goal, um, and that is that they want to prove scientifically that ghost phenomena exist and is real and is not just a smoke and mirrors trick for exploitation, so to speak. So they said that, you know, their goal ultimately is to prove that life after death is it, it's in existence and it's not just, you know, to put on some kind of a paranormal show. Um, so... Yeah, I loved this. I thought this was like the coolest thing ever to read. So I know I really suck with listing like the sources of material that I use for my podcast. Um, I do have them written down on like a separate document, but I did want to make it a point to make sure I threw this one out there. Um, A lot of information that I was able to get was um, a story by Asher L. Bean, posted on bittersouthern.com and I got to tell you like this article that they wrote absolutely blew me away it was phenomenally written and um very well documented and very uh concise I thought it was great if you get a chance you should go over and take a look at it absolutely because there's even more information than you know what I gleamed from it um and was able to put into the podcast so just shouting that one out 
So, unfortunately, this is not one of those times where I have visited this location and maybe have some insight onto some happenings or some experiences of my own. I have never had the privilege to see Bobby Mackey's, but I would love to go at some point. Um, I know my husband is, like, crawling up the walls dying to visit the place he has been for years, which I think is so funny because he tends to dive headfirst into the paranormal and believes anything he sees, whereas I'm more of a conservative side with it, so to speak. Like, I definitely believe in the paranormal and have absolutely experienced weird, unexplainable things in my life. But I don't think you can call an orb paranormal when most of these places are dusty old buildings. Unlike my husband, who has literally taken pictures inside our house and been like, it's an orb. I'm like, or dust, because I suck at cleaning and so do you. (laughs) Um, You know, not knocking if that's what you believe. I just personally don't, so... Anyway, um, I am interested, though, if any of you guys have any stories of Bobby Mackey's uh, and would love to hear them if you'd like to share them. Um, And maybe we can discuss it later on in a different episode or even the next episode, whatever, whatever. What do you guys think? Um, You could send me a Facebook message on the Facebook page. um, Or if you wanted to leave something in the review section, I'm more than happy to do that. I I don't know. I was also maybe thinking it might be worth it to uh, create an email account for you guys to reach out. If you had something you wanted to say or suggestions you wanted to make for cases, um, you know, let me know. I'll, uh, or maybe I'll just go ahead and do that. Yeah. Why don't I just go ahead and do that? So I'll let you guys know when that email's up and running. Um, so I think that wraps up this episode. I am going to go and try to get some sleep and, you know, work on making sure my voice stops sounding crappy for this podcast. I promise I'm not trying to make it. Um, so, yeah, I will talk to you guys later. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Um, leave a rating, a review, Facebook comment, whatever. Um I'll work on setting up that email so that you guys can reach out if you'd like. And I think that about covers it. I hope you enjoyed Bobby Mackey's as a whole. Um, I'm glad that we did split it into two separate episodes. I know it was about an hour total, but, you know, I, I, I like to keep it a little short on the shorter side, somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes for you guys, just to be realistic for you and realistic for me. So... Next week, we are going to be diving into Gary Heidneck, for any of you that are familiar or unfamiliar with him and wanted to look him up before we get into it. Um, so, and that will also be a two-part case. I, I think I mentioned that before, but yeah, that's that's what we're looking at. The next one will also be a two-parter, unfortunately, and that's because I'm pretty sure I have like 15 pages of research on it so that would just be like torture to put you guys through that much in one episode so anyway i hope you've enjoyed it i hope you have a great sunday a great week and we will talk soon okay later gators